first time I performed, my hands were shaking so bad I could not read the poem. And now to say that this is what I do, this is what pays my bills, is, is mind blowing. In a sense, like every piece is like a testimony in some way of me. So that's that's the creative energy I have now with this social distancing. I'm loving it because it's leaving me in a space where I think my artist mind is finally waking up. I think it's long overdue. y'all this is veer queer whether if you're the first time listening to us or you've been a longtime fan thank you so much so i'm julian and i'm here with indisha uh hey indisha how are you hey, feeling what's up? i'm all right i just woke up Good morning. <laughs> I also want to make a note that it's, it's Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there and to everyone that is also grieving who may not have their mom with them. Um, I know that today can be a particularly hard day. So I just kind of want to acknowledge that, that uh, we're all thinking of you right now. So in today's episode, we're going to talk to some people who have a lot of different talents. You know, we have people who can sing, who do spoken word, who do poetry. And, you know, it was actually really nice to listen to this episode just because I haven't seen or really listened to spoken words since I've moved to Austin. And I know that the spoken word community is pretty huge in Houston, as I'm sure it's huge here too. I just haven't, you know, had the chance to really go out and do the thing, especially I can't really do it right now because of a pandemic. And also I wanted to point out that my isn't feeling so hot today, uh, so they're sitting this episode out. So just be me and the wonderful Indisha. So we'll take it from here. Thanks. Okay, so how's everybody doing? This is um, episode seven of Beer Queer. I'm your host uh, for this this evening and this experience, Kevin Anderson. I'm just uh, really excited to be doing this thing again. Um, I think this is my second recording. So um, looking forward to many more with the Beer Queer family. But what I'm going to do is um, just kind of ask everybody to introduce themselves. Let's start with you, Ebony. This is your girl, Ebony Rose. Um, full around creative, you know, visually. I love to write poetry, songs, uh, as well as I'm an author and not a publisher. Come holler at me. And uh, I just love to create and express myself, uh, whatever I'm going through or whatever message God gives me to share. I like to do it creatively. I love it. And, and uh, Ebony, can you give us your pronouns? Oh, yes. She and her. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And I see uh, just Marvin over there. Sir, you want to introduce yourself? What's going on, people? My name is Just Marvin, spoken word artist from Shreveport, Louisiana, now by way of Dallas, Texas. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else. I'm, I'm your favorite teddy bear. I am your annoying little brother, and I love to love people, and I love people for free. But if you want to pay me in a two-piece of biscuit, you won't be fine with that. 
I love it. You know, it's just really good having it. He said, uh, your, your teddy bear. I was like, okay, so we have another big boy in the house. So it's always right. Good, you know, it's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how we do it. But uh, really happy to have you with us, man. And what about you, Richetta? Hello, hello. My name is Richetta. I have a stage name now for the songstress. <laughs> I am now a songwriter, singer, you know, trying to produce also. That's what I've been working on at two o'clock in the morning almost every day. Um, I'm also from Louisiana, New Orleans. Uh-huh. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. <laughs> I'm working on my um, album as we speak, so that's probably why I haven't been getting any sleep. So working on transitioning from corporate America to music. All right, we have to talk about that name change too as we get into this interview. You know, I, I should have got the text message first. Nobody told me. Nobody told me nothing. <laughs> so I'm really, I'm excited to have you two with us, uh, Richetta. And give us your pronouns. Her, she. And and just Marvin, your pronouns, sir. It, None? You know. <laughs> Were you talking to me? Yeah, I was asking if you could give us your pronouns. <laughs> oh, yeah. my pronouns are whatever, get my bills paid. <laughs> okay, that'll work. I'm <laughs> 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 the true definition of non-gender conformity. <laughs> All right, I love it. I love it, man. So um, real quick, before we get into this interview, I want to do a quick uh, wellness check. We are in the midst um, of, of a pandemic, and so I just want to check in on you guys. Richetta, how you doing overall? Man, I'm great. Like I said, I'm good sleepers. My creativity has woken up. I mean, oh, I forgot. I, I'm painting, too. Oh, you're painting? Okay. And painting and sleeping. I'm my element. Okay. <laughs> what about you, Ebony Rose? How you doing? Yo, like, just like Bird said, like, just creating and making, I like that we are forced to be innovative, right? And so that forces everyone's creativity to be birthed in some shape, form, or fashion. Like, even companies are having to be creative about how they have meetings and XYZ. So during this pandemic, me mentally, physically, emotionally, everything, I've been good. Just like, this is like, a dream come true. Everybody stay home. Just stay home. <laughs> and what about yourself, just Marvin? I've been good. Um, unfortunately, I'm still in, in corporate America, but I do have a job in which I love. Um, I work in property management, so I spend a lot of my time just making sure that people understand that we are there for them. We're not just trying to collect. We're, we're, we're going the extra mile to make sure that these people are getting benefits. Um, so I've been spending a lot of time doing that. And surprisingly, I've been taking a, a step back from artistry, um, poetry. I feel like um, as poets, we can get too wrapped up and it becomes kind of consuming. And I feel like even we need to take a break from it at times, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. We're going to talk some more about that. I've, you know, be, because I've um, uh, meshed with so many artists, I've watched many artists go on their journey. And sometimes that journey is in, sometimes it's out. But I always find them finding their way back to the center, which is always a beautiful thing. 
Um, you know, and, and talking about journeys, you know, I think one of the first things that I wanted to ask you guys, because I always like finding out, like hearing those stories, you know, finding out how it all began. So, Richetta, tell us a little bit about how you began your artistic journey. What did that look like? How old were you? What was it about? Man, I've been doing this for 36 years. <laughs> I started at four and have, have never stopped singing since. So, of course, it started in church. I actually prayed about this gift. Then when I got the gift, I've been using the gift ever since. I don't miss you. I do. No, you do not misuse it at all. At all. Too <laughs> valuable. But since then, I mean, from church to pretty much everywhere, wherever I'm called, I'm going. So my platforms have kind of blossomed, I'll say. You know, it started with um, um, Heart and Soul, believe it or not. Like, that was a different platform for me, but it was very comfortable. Then True Project, then Lock, then, like I said, pretty much wherever I'm called for the most part. If I can sing it, I'm singing it. If I can be there, I'm there. So... All right, all right, and we and we we know that to be the truth. So um, you know, it's a beautiful thing to watch you growing and just to see things happen. And you know, and then the big brother finds out you have a name change, and he didn't even know, and all that kind of stuff. So you know, that means that growth is happening. And then I'm hearing about an album, so I'm I'm hoping that we hear more about that as we as we continue. To talk. Ooh, I've been creating every night, man. I'm really proud of you. Really, Thank really you. proud of you, Ebony. Talk to us, Ebony Rose. Uh, tell us about your artistic journey. Okay, so before I even knew that I was an artist, I was an artist. Like, I would enjoy just spending time by myself, sketching, writing. Like, my moms and my sister, they want to go shopping. I sit in the car and write. Back in the day, I thought I was going to be a rapper. Couldn't tell me nothing. Had bars. Uh, but everything really changed. 2014, I was at church at a prayer meeting. And during this particular prayer meeting, I consciously remember like submitting myself completely and wholly to God. And during while we were praying in the circle, that was me praying by myself. And then we prayed in the circle. It was me, my mama, my auntie, and this man I had never seen before ever in my life. After the prayer, he comes and finds me in the parking lot. He's like, hey, God told me to tell you something. I said, who, me? Because I had never had that type of experience before. So I said, so I'm eager. Like, okay, what? What do you say? What do you say? Tell me. He's like, God told me to tell you, you're going to write a book of poetry, and that's going to be your way to minister to people. So ever since that moment, I have used my pen to not only just cast aside my burdens, but show other people how they can, too and how they can incorporate God in everything that they're doing. Well, all right. You, you do it so well, so, so well. Um, I'm looking forward to, to our listeners um, hearing from you today because, uh, yeah, always a beautiful message and um, always a lot of encouragement in that. So how about you, uh, Jess Marvin? Uh, tell us a little bit about your artistic journey, sir. Um, I was tricked. Yep. Uh, no, honestly, um, it all started, uh, I got into poetry, um, as a way to deal with mental health and depression. Um, and then it all just kind of led to using it as a way to just escape pretty much. Mm. And then I had a coworker that was a singer for this band at this open mic and she invited me out. And I was like, you know, I don't have the money to go. I, maybe next time. She was like, don't worry about it. I got you. 
And, you know, I got there. She was like, just sign here. I'm thinking, you know, maybe it's an email list, you know. And next thing you know, they're calling me on stage. And I'm sitting here like, <laughs> like, who? So, and it's funny because the first time I performed, I, my hands were shaking so bad, I could not read the poem um, from my phone. And now to say that, you know, this is what I do, this is what pays my bills, it's, it's mind-blowing, you know? And I think that it's nothing more than me literally doing what the universe has told me to do. Love it, man. Love it. Yeah, when you said you got tricked, I was like, what is he talking about? But yeah. actually, that kind of was, yeah, they did trick you. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I get I get the feeling that it was one of those situations where you, your girl knew knew of your talent and was ready for you to put it out. And and I'm happy you followed through with that. That's that's how I, that's how I like it. I like it. I like it. And so, um, you know, when when I so I know all of your your work. I've I've experienced everybody that's that's on this podcast today. Um, and I, sometimes I feel like you know I know Angle, but share with me a little bit, um, Ebony. What what is your aim? What do you aim to say? And what do you want the the folks experiencing you to walk away with? Hmm, what I honestly want people to walk away with is a craving for God. Like, seriously, like for whatever you got going on, it don't matter what it is, A through Z. Just put put a little Jesus on there. Sprinkle some Jesus on there. And I want people to know, in a sense, like every piece is like a testimony in some way of me, from me. And so I want people to know my experiences with God, but you can have these same exact experiences with God. There's nothing blocking you. There's no, uh, the, the um, analogy I used the other day, have you ever been in a room with a cell blocker, right? Because sometimes we allow things or think things are cell blockers in our lives when it comes to our communication with God. And so I want people to understand there is no cell blocker. You can reach out and just touch God like, you know, reach out and touch him. There's nothing blocking you and allow him in. Just, just let him, just let him in. You know what, that's, um, Ebony Rose, that's, it's, it's really, I just kind of had a moment where I just paused because, you know, I'm, I'm listening to you share about, um, really your journey being around your connection to, to God and religion, right? Um, and I know that in, you know, in, in our community, queer community, um, I know how important church is for, for black, black and brown folk, um, and I'm wondering how have you navigated that as a spoken word artist and being, you know, out and I think even what's what's that new um, acronym that you use now? Oh, blog black lesbian of God. That's right. That's right. So <laughs> how are you navigating that? And what, what have you encountered? Oh, well, I've encountered a lot of things, <laughs> um, you know, of opposition from both sides you know as far as the lgbt community as well as church because you know i i guess i'm an anomaly like hold on like you it's something i'm assuming people don't see every day you know this is my life so this is me every day um but my biggest obstacle was myself 
you know, me coming to terms with who I was at the same time coming to terms with who I am in God and what God is calling me to do and still to be in that place of obedience and to love myself how God loves me because God loves me just the way I am. I don't need to change or edit myself to appease anyone else except God. Like my only drive at this moment is to please God. You know, I ain't, people going to say what they going to say. People got something to say about anything. You know, it's kind of like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't type of deal. So my thing is to just live to please God and I'll be all right. Um, and that it has allowed me to filter, in a sense, filter things that I don't need to do. Um, like through my relationship with God, like I remember a long time ago, I was talking to this young lady and she told me that, hey, she, I talked about God too much. So that let me know that she was not the person for me. So it's kind of like it filters my relationships. It's like if me being me, because I love God, I really do. So me being me and me talking about it, if that bothers you, then, hey, that's cool. I'll keep praying for you because I want you to get to that point or get to that peace. Because I know people have all kinds of experiences when it comes to church. And God has put me in a position to be able to understand that. So I have that compassion and understanding when it comes to ministering to people. Why some people don't want to hear it. Don't take it personal. Just keep praying for them. All right. Well, she said a word. A word is said. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Because that, <laughs> she said, I'm me. I was my biggest obstacle. I've gotten through this. And if you don't want to be around it, I'm sorry for you. So um, definitely, Ebony Rose, that, I'm, I'm, I've never asked you that question, so I'm really happy in what you just shared with us because now it gives me even a better perspective of your art and your work and your words and the message um, that you share with folks. And I think what I want to do is actually pause and have you do that because uh, you got the spirit moving a little bit, you know, and I just want to hear and, and, and experience you um, and, and what you got. So... Okay, okay. And I think you're really going to like this one. And you'll see, you'll see why. Well, hear why. <clears throat> I haven't given this a title, so I, I'm going to call it At Sea. Storm clouds are brewing. Cups of gray and thunder. Waking the wounded from slumber. Alarm ringing, annoying anxiety without snooze. We've been asleep too long. Tucking our trauma in tightly. Tears being our source of comfort nightly. Staining pains in pillowcases. Prayers be floating lullabies in this waterbed. Drowning our demons. We didn't know they were mermaids. Waves of disaster, their natural habitat. Tossing us to and fro, rocking us queasy. A rusted anchor in our abdomen. We will remain seasick till we get sick of the sea. See, even though we've weathered by the weather, we won't wither. The captain's hat fish you. As soon as you step behind the helm, there's a gust of wind encouraging your sails, propelling you through troubled waters till you're on solid shore. Soon as you touch the helm, silver linings gleam. Soon as you touch the hem, the slapping sea subsides. Soon as you touch the hem, your whirlwinds are stopped in their tracks. 
Soon as you touched the hem, you received your healing from him. What was squeezing the life out of you is tossed overboard, forced to walk the plank. When the ocean made a meal of me, Jesus jet skied to me, told the well to empty his belly. If you ever, if you ever feel like a tugboat lost at sea, reach out and touch him. We've all been drenched in salt water a time or two. A storm doesn't drown you, only gives you sea legs. In Jesus' name, Ebony Rose out. Preach, poets. <laughs> that was nice. Thank you for those words. Thank you for those words. And and and, and stay stay encouraged. Stay encouraged. Keep doing what you're doing because uh, you always have a message for the folks. And um, I'm I'm loving that you are addressing trauma um, in your work. I think I've heard that a couple of times. Um, just Marvin. So you know, I, I'm I'm talking about the trauma and listening to Ebony Rose and. I'm just kind of curious what when it comes to your art, um, what political issues or social messages do you find yourself addressing the most? Um, it has honestly changed recently um, in the time of me moving here. Um, as some know, I was big on following um, someone I looked at as a mentor, Rage. And then when he passed, that was an eye-opener for me. Um, everything that I thought I knew about life no longer made sense. Um, and from that point on, um, I, I made sure that I started to tell the stories I needed to tell for myself. Um, my writing now has become very selfish if I must say so, because I feel like us as artists, we spend a lot of time ministering to people. Um, and a lot of times we put ourselves in a traumatic situation or bring ourselves back to a place in which we can't necessarily get out of. So now I'm making sure that I'm performing pieces that are healing for me, that are therapeutic for me, that are, you know, what I need in order to get myself by. It may not be the poem that you wanted to hear or needed to hear at that point, but it was the poem that I needed to perform to save myself. Um, and I'm no longer in the art to save other people anymore. And that has transpired into relationships and family and everything like that. So now I spend a lot of time writing about my honesty being a um, man of color that is attracted to both men and women, um, that is an open pansexual, um, also a man of color that lives in the queer community and also prior militant, um, and also someone that's man of color, prior militant, and also HIV positive. Um, so these are things that are now something that was once taboo for me to really talk about. Now my open and my honesty it is it's my mirror every day and accepting that my thick ass look good <laughs> yes indeed sir I, um yeah yeah that knowing that you are in that place uh, right now I'm, I'm i'm thinking about the fact of the years of work that i've done and every time i have a conversation with someone I, i'll say to them Everything that you see has been 
a part of my healing and it was created for me first. Right. And understanding that and getting to that place of recognizing that as artists, we need, we need it. You know, it's not, uh, I think that's the beautiful thing about um, not being a, a show type person, meaning you have to, you have to, you know, increase your volume here to get the claps and all that. And I got to say this to, uh, and right. so, yeah, I'm happy to hear that you're in that space and, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how your work has transitioned. Really, really looking forward, man. Really, really. So you, so you know what that means now, right? Oh, so, so, so when you start, when you start getting back out there and stuff, like I need video clips and I need you to send me what you got. Uh, so I'm right there in Dallas with you, but, um, Really, really happy to hear about your journey, man. Good stuff. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Richetta, Richetta, what about yourself, lady? What you know when it when it comes to your work? I know that you and I have done uh, quite a bit of work together with uh, the Truth Project, and um, you've been able to address some some uh, social issues there. And some, as a matter of fact, I'm thinking about. Um, feel my pride two years ago and you being a part of that but and you too I can't you know you writing this album and working and stuff and you know I haven't gotten a snippet or anything like you know <laughs> just an audio text you know just what you think about this Kevin <laughs> you know I love your voice I love your energy so you know anything I can get I'm happy if, if you need me to tap dance I'll do whatever you need me to do but you know just give me a little something <laughs> I have a little. I have a little something. I have a few things. That, I mean, two o'clock in the morning, my voice is still in full force. Last night I recorded something, and I was literally laying on my back, crazy. So I, I truly believe it because I've been around you enough um, artistically to know how you work, and um, I do believe that. So I mean, you know, let's go and do it now. Let's little, what you got for us. Give us a little, a uh, little, a little message through song. All right, now, this one is called Love High, I guess. I'll probably change that name. It's going to have a lot of drugs in here, just FYI, but I, I've never used them. It's just describing love and how it makes me feel. So that's pretty much it. Here we go. Not heroin, not mollies, not cocaine or any of those other things, but your love is so addictive and it's amazing how it keeps me lifted your love is my fifth babe yeah your love is a drug for me it takes me high above the clouds and beyond space your love is a drug for me and knocks me down and picks me up and when it's touch I can't feel my face your love your love Ooh, your love is your love is so addictive so amazing your love is so addictive I can't feel my face Your love is a drug for me Your love is a drug for me Your love is a drug for me 
It picks me up and knocks me down And with a touch I can't feel my face <laughs> so that was that was definitely uh, some love. That uh, yeah, yeah. That's something. That's just a snip. You should get a rest, man. Somebody to touch bird. Uh. <laughs> wow! Thank you for that. Thank you. You know, I think that's one of my first times hearing you sing original music. Well, there's more. Yes, and I cannot wait. I cannot wait. That was that was great. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, and how's the how's the experience been with your your writing and getting you know this hey. new journey? Okay, let me tell you. <laughs> Two o'clock in the morning. I've been getting literally three hours of sleep daily. I have to get up for the the corporate job, so that's like a nine hour shift, and then it's right back to music. Like right now, I'm sitting in front of my keyboard. My microphone is literally right in front of me. Um, I'll just sample tracks and just make snippets and then the whole song come from literally probably like 38 seconds, 45 seconds. That's how big it is. It's not even a full minute. So that's that's the creative energy I have now with this social distancing. I'm loving it because it's leaving me in a space where I think my artist mind is finally waking up. Mm -hmm. Corporate mind is being put aside. So. I think it's long overdue, but that my process is literally staying up, listening to music, and just writing. And this album literally, literally, you began this work since COVID nineteen hit. No, actually, it was before that, but now it's like more intense. Like I've been, like I said, I've been painting. I have like probably eight paintings around here. I just showed y'all one. Um, that led to listening to music. I just stumbled up on an app called Voicey, right? And they have a bunch of producers and the producers you know sample let you sample their music and I just started creating from there and then my cousin also makes beats he turned me to another website so now I can buy tracks for like ten dollars or something and just grow from that so <laughs> it's oh, been uh, great man I hadn't heard of that uh well I'm, I'm not a well I can't sing for y'all if you want me to. <laughs> you know I'm not much of a saint me 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 but I'll leave it alone um, <laughs> Yeah, so I'm, I'm happy to hear about that app and how you you are truly using this time to explore your your creativity. That's beautiful, oh, yeah. That's beautiful. I'm, I'm I love it. I cannot wait for that album to drop. And you know, just like uh, Marvin, just Marvin's gonna be sending me uh, snippets of uh, him performing live. You know, so you can send me a little snippet of you know something of you singing. You know, I like that. I like I got that. You. I got you. I don't ask for much, people. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Richard, I got you. Uh, to talk to me a little bit about your your influences. Like, who are your biggest influences? And, ooh. This might mostly gospel artists. So Yolanda Adams is where I actually started. I used to sing all her music. Um, since then, moved to Neo Soul, so the Erica Badu's, the Jill Scott's, Indy Irie, anybody that sings feel good music is an inspiration because, like I said, I can hear a sound outside and literally while I'm walking my dog and just start singing something. So I keep my phone on voice note. So <laughs> it happens at any time. It's crazy. Um, uh, not not too many. Just well, Aretha Franklin, of course. You know the. The GOAT, Marvin Gaye. I was just talking about Marvin Gaye with one of my friends before I got on the call. Um, 
he was ahead of his time. So I want I'm in a place where I want to create music that's gonna last well beyond me. It's like passing on an inheritance almost. That's how I want my music to be. And how, how do you what when you think about the community, how do you feel and why do you feel the community connects so strongly to your your, your sound? Well, I, I believe I'm uh like I said, I'd I'd sing to inspire pretty much. Yeah. If if I can't inspire, if I can't touch somebody, then I'm really not doing my job. So I, I always sing to make sure I leave somebody feeling something. It could be the ABCs. You're gonna feel something in those alphabets. <laughs> so yes. that's the whole purpose of singing. If I if I can't touch somebody while I'm singing, then my voice is literally in vain. So. Bravo, bravo! I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, we may have to get a little ABC uh, before we get off here. <laughs> uh, so, um, just Marvin, what about yourself? So she was sharing from the perspective of uh, singers. Who are who? Some of your biggest influences in the spoken word world, or just um, in the world. Man, um, of course, it was rage, of course. Um, but since coming to Dallas and working with Dallas Poetry Slam, um, Candy has molded me into something I never thought I could be. In a sense, her ability to literally just bring out the best in us is mind-blowing. It's no wonder... When you hear the name Dallas Poetry Slam, you you think of these big names is because the work ethic in which she enforces um, is not just for the team, but is you're she does not want you to go out there and embarrass yourself. You know, if you're going to say this is what you want to do, this is you know, the life that you want to live, she's going to make sure that she gives you the tough love and the gentleness that you need. And I can go on and on, but honestly, I have not, the people in which I look up to have never fed into me the way that this woman has, you know, and in such a little time, she has literally flipped everything that it was about just Marvin and not for what she wants, but for what just Marvin needs to be in order to be what he says that he wants to be. And that's to be a a mentor or a light for some people, you know. And I'm assuming she's, is she a coach? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. yes. I'm really hoping that she gets to listen to this podcast because uh, you just paid her so yeah nice 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 so you know there's a there's a total of four of us on the line or on this podcast today and and we're gonna leave you for last so we wanna we want to hear a little bit of what you what you've brought um for us today especially in this space that you're in now like i'm I'm just really excited to hear what you're gonna share so the floor is yours sir well, I mean, you said it was four, but you haven't went yet. But I'm, I'm a digress. <laughs> no, but um, <laughs> I knew, so, I knew somebody's gonna call me out. I should have. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But um, for my profession, um, I'm the least agent. So my job is to place bodies in houses in which they can call home. And uh, this I'm good at, honestly. Um, but before this, 
I was once given a house, placed a body in it. I was the tenant. The date was December 12th, 2015. I sat in the office that was too big for the bodies inside, but too small for the words that I could not swallow. Um, the leasing agent, I don't remember her name, but she told me that she used to be a nurse. Irony, because I never felt so sick until I saw her. How she looked at me like a mother that's about to pull the plug her own son with no intentions on showing up to the funeral. Empty hooks from keys of tennis that came before me surrounded us and I knew that this was her doing and that I was next. But her office was a grave site I did not want to get caught buried at. She showed me a house that had two stories to choose from. Windows that invited the sun for breakfast and the stars for a glass of wine at night. The floor was still a coffin brown, still looking at me like it knew that God would soon make me its footstool. And then with a smile, she looked me dead in the eyes and said, do you think you have enough space for your HIV? And instantly, my lungs turned against me. I had no idea what to do with the house the size of the one that she had just spoken other than dying at a gay man's death. Fill the tub with water and drink myself under all this holy with the wrath of God boiling in my veins, my knees bleeding from praying to a man that had a silly sense of humor. Wondering why in the hell had he forsaken me? Why would he give me a body that he knew I knew not what to do with it dying? Never sounded so beautiful until... I was finally given a house to do it in with so much space. Ooh. It's been, um, you know, it's been five years now. Five years and two suicide attempts later, and I am still here. Still standing as the aftermath of what happens when we take a positive situation and turn it into an undetectable one. We take something that's meant to kill you and use it to keep somebody else alive. Show them how to be happy with the houses that we call home and the bodies that we let live inside of it and how even when we're not, we are still beautiful. We are still worthy. We are still human for my job. I... I am to place bodies and houses in which they can call home. And it's so ironic because I am so good at this. Especially on the days when I am my only tenant. Yes, sir. All right, Danny, we need the pause. I know we have. Just let's, let's give me a second. You got it. Um. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yes, sir. Yes, so, so your, your ability to recognize that it was important for you to make this transition? Yeah. 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 When did you write that? When did... Okay. Um, oh, let's get back to the interview. I'm sorry. I feel like that's it. Oh, my goodness. All right, Danny, we're going to pick it back up. So, just Marvin, um, um, I, I think we're all just kind of in this, this, this pause space because your level of honesty and transparency, healing, healing. Like, I, I, right now, I can only imagine 
those that need to hear those words. Like, really, really powerful, man. Really, I, I bravo, I applaud you. I'm, I'm such a powerful piece, such a powerful piece. Talk to us about the journey for that piece. Like, you don't have to go too deep, but, you know, when was it written and did, did you feel it was, in, was it intentional or did it just kind of come out? Man, honestly, I know that you said earlier I, I paid homage to Candy, but that in a sense, I know she would disagree when I say it was all her and say that it was all me, but she was able to see that I was writing for other people and I was hiding behind the theater background in which I had, you know, um, the acting and, and all of that. Like you said, being able to do the voice inflictions to get the crowd moving. And she was like, strip it, just, just strip it, just stand there. And I am good at performing a piece. And I have never broken when it comes to poems in which I've written before, you know, I can make the voice crack. I can make it, I can do the Beyonce tier, you know, but I had never written something that just took me to a place to where I had to literally sit in it for a while before I got on the stage or literally sit in it for a while while I was on the stage. Um, and she gave me a writing prompt and um, she gave me five and one of them was, well, two of them to stand out was I stood in front of a mirror. I stood in front of a broken mirror naked and this is what I saw in the cracks. And the other one was Dear HIV. And it was something I knew I always wanted to write about, in which I have written about. Um, I have, you know, videos on YouTube about it. But this particular instance, I knew I needed to dig deeper. You know, I needed to do it for myself. And this this piece is so hard to perform sometimes because I'm not doing it for anybody, baby. Right. This time, this is for me. This is this is me telling myself it's okay. This is me telling myself that um, how even when we're not, we are still beautiful. We are still worthy. We are still human. Because I don't like. I don't think a lot of people understand that. HIV is not a a virus that just attacks the body. It's more of a mental disease than it is for anything else. My hardest part of dealing with this is not losing my military career. It's not losing the friends and family. It's literally waking up every morning and having to take my medicine and saying, damn, I'm here. You know, and I did nothing more than what everybody else has done, you know, and that one time has changed five years of my life in which I would never get back. Um, And telling myself that it was not your fault. It's okay. And it's not the person's fault. It's not the nurse's fault. It's not anyone's fault. It's okay. It could be so much worse. However, I would have been fine with a two-piece and a biscuit or somebody, you know, at least, you know, jump live. But hey, you know, maybe next time, you know. But it was me coming in, coming into grips that I only have one life to live. Yeah. 
Yes. And before I am given the time frame to just end that, I'm going to live it. And that's it. And a word is said. And a word is said. Thank you, man. That, um, yeah, so so we're 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 um, near our closing. Uh, this this time together, one has been exactly what I needed. Uh, you know, and I'll start with that I statement. I needed this. So thank you all for pouring um, into and 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 understanding that your work is for your healing, and and that other people will be touched by it. You know, and I think that's that's what's really important. So as we're closing out, what I want to do, um, I want all three of you to share. What's one thing that you want to say to that person that is listening right now and they're ready to tap into that creative side and like really go there? like really, really explore? What's one thing that you would say to them? And then also let us know what, what, what you got next and where we can uh, find you. Let's start with Bird. All right, I'd simply say uh, <laughs> you are the only thing, a person that can stop you. <laughs> Trust me, speaking from experience, once I moved everything out of the way, no corporate career, no Lack of sleep, nothing is hindering me from creating today. It's not even a corona thing because I stay inside regardless. I'm not a person that goes out, but something shifted once I got out of my way. I'm too tired. I had a bunch of excuses. My therapist told me, why don't you just sit back, take a few steps back, and then look at it differently. I'm looking at it differently, and everything creative in me is now blossoming. Yes. So get out of your own way. <laughs> That's okay. it. And where, where can we find you? What's your uh, Instagram and all that kind of stuff? Uh, Instagram is cheddar underscore 34. Um, Facebook, um, either Richetta, Bird Brady, or Bird the Songstress. <laughs> oh, and I also have Bird underscore the underscore songstress on um, Instagram as well. Okay. So. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I know you I, I, I have the telephone number, so I know where to find Sir, you. I'll be texting you after this, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> and Anthony Rose, what about yourself? Okay, so for the creators, because I'm really big, I'm, I create for creators as well. Um, but my thing would be don't hold back like um any fear you have create past it um your gift will make room to you for you give yourself give it give it your all like why not like you are you are doing yourself a disservice as well as the people if you ever hold back and you just gotta push past yourself and create and like just let it all come out be honest be transparent tell your story if that's your perspective and hey make your mama look bad hey that's what happened though because that means you have to heal from that you know and just let it out tell your story especially if you are a spoken word artist don't let anyone take your voice or take your narrative or try to edit your narrative for their liking um things that i have coming up is one thing i'm really excited about i just entered this contest for 97 out of the box 
um, for this song I wrote called Make Jesus Cool, which Bird the Songstress is also on. Hello. And they're going to have it in one of those play or pass type of situation where people get to vote on it. It's a really lit song, so I really feel like it might win. I think it got a chance. Okay. Uh, as well as you're going to see a, um, a rollout of a whole bunch of books uh, because, again, I am publishing authors at this point. And just more creative things for me. Check out my podcast called Blog Black Lesbian of God. Um, new episode episode every week. Um, check out my books, Amazon website, all that stuff. And follow me on Instagram at ebony underscore rose 717. Also at make dot Jesus cool. Cause that's what it'll be. I think that's going to be what I focus on like for the summer. Um, because the song is so upbeat, it got like a drumline feel to it to where like I want all the kids to be hype about this song. So I think I'm going to put like all of my energy towards that. I cannot wait to hear that version. Okay. I'm going to send it to you. Yeah, I think uh, I remember doing a recording for uh, Amazing 102.5. And I think he, they played it that day um, the first time when we... Um, yeah, yeah, I remember the song. So I look forward to hearing the, the new version. The new version. And what about yourself, just Marvin? Man, honestly, um, after I've trans, after I have finished this level of self love and self healing, I'm getting back into um, everything that I had. So I will finally release my book. Um, which is entitled The Autobiography of the Aftermath. Um, it is basically a poetic memoir from abuse turned abuser, um, which is basically a tell-all story of growing in an abuse, growing up in an abusive household, um, falling in love and living in a domestic violence relationship, and then leaving that domestic violence relationship to become the abuser in the next domestic violence relationship. Um, very triggering. But I feel the level of honesty and transparency is definitely needed, um, which is also the transition into my one-man show. So the book release will be a full one-man show, which is going to be me basically adding out every poem and actually putting them all together so it makes sense. It's not just a book of, of poetry, and it will be something that I can definitely look for. But... Until then, you can find me here in Dallas at Heroes Lounge or anywhere Dallas Fortress Lab Team is. Uh, <laughs> you can also follow me on social media for Instagram at JUS underscore underscore Marvin um, on Facebook, JUS Marvin Poetry. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Um, you can also find me either at your nearest strip club, coming down the pole, or on the corner swinging these poems. <laughs> Whichever is going to pay my rent, because I am tired. This whole being a dope thing, it is so ghetto. <laughs> I love it, man. And, you know, I, I, um, I, I know you just noticed me when I paused and looked down, because I literally, on my phone, and, and this, is, this is for you in confirmation, I couldn't finish typing it to hit send, but 10 minutes ago, I typed one man show flashed across my face. And I don't know if you can see that, but 
I'm going to still text it to you, but I text that to send to you 10 minutes ago and hadn't hit send yet. So the world is yours, just Marvin. It's yours, brother. And I'm I appreciate it, man. Really excited about your journey, Ebony Rose. I'm extremely excited about your journey and uh, and seeing the kids uh, bopping ahead this this summer. And Richetta, aka Bird the Songstress. <laughs> I'm really excited about uh, what you will present to the world and and for our listeners. You know, this is our seventh episode and. You know, I want you to walk away from this. If you have any desire to create, if you have any desire to move forward with something that you haven't done, it could be crocheting. That's art. Do what you want to do. Do what you got to do and do what's a part of who you will become. Um, I encourage you all to, uh, to tap into that side. All of these artists you have heard from today have made the, the decision to move forward in their authentic self. So this is Vera Queer. Uh, we're really appreciative that you tuned in, followed the artists. Thank you guys again. We had an amazing panel and we did it, y'all. <laughs> so we did it. we'll see y'all in the future. everyone that wraps up our episode it was very honest and creative which i love i love that completely um we had some really great talented guests some really awesome talent and you can really tell they put their heart and soul into everything they do and that's always amazing i think right now it's like a pivotal point for artists and creatives especially because like they were mentioning, they have so much time to create now or even time to not. You don't have to feel pressured mm-hmm. to create. It's not like, oh, you're in your house, so you must make something, you know? Yeah. For, but, yeah, you know, uh-huh. it, it, is, it is really nice when you can take the feelings and the, the pain and the vulnerability that you're feeling and put it into something beautiful like a song or a poem or art or basically anything that's constructive and productive and um, can make other people feel something, whether it's good feelings or not. That's really, really powerful. So I'm glad that we got to experience that. And it was a really nice episode. Yeah, I want to go back to what you were saying about um, not feeling pressured about being creative at home or feeling pressured to do something at home. I feel like when the pandemic was sort of like kind of blowing up and then we were first starting the stay-at-home orders, I had all these ambitions of like, oh, I'm going to learn guitar. I'm going to learn how to sew. I'm going to do all the things. I'm going to read. But then, I mean, part of it is that I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing, and that really helps me personally for my mental health to like really get creative in that way that I'm building things and taking things down and all that stuff. But aside from that, I realized that I don't have to do all that, right? Like we're dealing with a global pandemic right now and I'm allowed to not want to do anything, (laughs) you know, or not want to create something. Like I can Mm -hmm. totally veg out and watch 90 Day Fiance if I want to for the whole day, right? And so um, I, I really love that you brought that up because I really feel like people are feeling the pressure of having to like be creative because suddenly they have quote unquote so much time um, uh, just 
you know, to do whatever they want, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, as much as being creative is important, rest is also important. And I was talking yeah. about this with my friend um, because at first we were like, yeah, you know, it sucks to not have income coming in right now or not being able to be in control of our uh, finances. And, you know, that's a little bit unpredictable. But at the same time, I was like, you know, I've been working and having a job and being a cause of the machine since I was like, 16 years old. That's yeah. only 10 years of me being employed for someone. So yes. sometimes I want to be productive and I'll dance or I'll like, um, I'm still working on that same fucking scarf. It takes me two months to finish <laughs> one scarf. Yeah. But sometimes I'll do that or I'll dance. And other times I just want to sit on my hands and do nothing all day. And then, yeah, yes. put on or like watch a movie. And both of those mm-hmm. things are that's as important because we have to think about it like we're going through a lot right now mm-hmm. um like we want to admit it or whether we feel it or not we are all going through a yeah lot right now. so yeah. oh my god yeah. yeah i i hear that because i've also been working since i was like 15 or 16 and what mm-hmm. and that could either mean i was working for like a summer then like going to school or i was like working while in school so I've been grinding for a really long time and I kind Mm -hmm. of feel like this is a period of like rest for me even though there's a fucking pandemic happening right now right so it's kind of like what you were saying that it's just as important to find something that you can um you know mentally stimulate yourself but also rest and that's kind of what I've been trying to really focus on lately Uh it's been really hard just because I've been having a hard time sleeping and also I realized being kind of stuck in my apartment or feeling like I'm stuck in my apartment is like really getting to me but Uh I'm, I'm doing things to take care of myself to combat that whether if it's establishing work boundaries uh or like i don't know promising myself to play at least an hour of animal crossing every night before i go to bed after a long day of work but like like i i I myself am trying to find new and creative ways to take care of myself and that's something that i've never considered before like pre-coronavirus yeah um yeah Talk about self-care. Mine has been, for a while, I was just being a bump of the log. I'm starting to get it back now. I'm starting to yeah. be like, you know what? Maybe I should walk around so ashy. <laughs> maybe I should put on a face mask. Like, I was up all night yesterday because I, mm-hmm. um, I took a nap during the day. So I, like, did my hair for the first time in forever. I put my mm-hmm. extensions back in. Oh, I I was like, okay, now I'm, I'm looking cute. I'm feeling cute, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere. It's basically for no reason. But, yeah. I mean, it, I feel better now. So, yeah, taking time out to do something nice for yourself, whether it's playing your favorite video game or watching your favorite show or sitting down mm-hmm. and writing your whatever self-care practices that you can implement for yourself to treat yourself really nice right now. Yeah. Just because we're all going to do something really, really hard and – also, don't beat yourself up if your life isn't where you thought it would be, because right now, none of our lives are. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, too, um, I just want to give a quick shout out to all the black women out there who are having to learn how to braid their hairs, how to ha- like 
doing their nails and stuff like that. Like, I just love that so much how um, I'm sure everyone is doing that, but I mainly see it a lot within the black community that that y'all are trying to get really creative and I'm like really here for it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're always going to find a way to be fly. That's a given. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The world, and you're still going to see some fashions. I love that so much. Like, meanwhile, you have like white people going out there screaming, like, oh, I want the state to open because I need to get my hair done. I'm like, really? Really? That's where Picking you're at. Yeah, better start learning. <laughs> <laughs> All it takes is a pair of scissors and a dream and the boldness to possibly look like shit for a couple weeks. But I mean, hair always goes back. It does. Thank you. Get some vitamins, <laughs> drink some water, it will come right on back. Uh, you know? Yes, thank you. And that's your, if anything, take that piece of advice from us, right? <laughs> right um but yeah well thank y'all so much for tuning in today uh as as always we, we're hoping that you're staying safe and well out there and practicing uh social distancing wash your hands constantly disinfect a lot wear your masks uh just we're hoping that you're doing everything you can to take care of yourself and if you haven't yet please check us out on facebook which is at veer queer podcast or twitter which is veer underscore of wow veer underscore <laughs> htx sorry and don't forget to check us out on spectrum south and all of the other great content they have on there and with that i'm julian And I'm Andy. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Fear Queer is a Spectrum South podcast hosted by Julian Gomez, Mai Ha, and Andesia Haynes with interviews by Kevin Anderson, Vernis McFarlane, DeAndre Moore, and Melanie Tormina Payne. Series produced and edited by Danny Benoit. Episodes are released bi-weekly. Be sure to subscribe to Beer Queer on iTunes and Spotify. Episodes are also available at SpectrumSelf.com. Visit SpectrumSelf.com to learn more.